0: I think God calls us to an uncommon life, and I think one of the biggest flaws that happens is when we start thinking, we can figure out who we are and why we're here through common sense, because common sense really, in my opinion, leads to a common life.
1: Once upon a time, a misfit met another misfit. And oh, what a glorious day that was. And even better was that that misfit agreed to visit us today, right here, right now, on our little aisle. So I'm actually not entirely sure how our guest today feels about me labeling him a misfit right off the bat. But he is here, (laughs) after all, knowing full well what he's gotten himself into. But nonetheless, I want to give the warmest of misfit welcomes to Alan Arnold. He is the Director of Content and Resources at Ransomed Heart Ministries, who a few of you out there may have heard of, and a few more of you may have heard of a little publishing company called Thomas Nelson, where he worked for something like 20 years and founded their fiction department. Who knew a misfit could do all that? So again, I say welcome to you, Alan Arnold. We are so very glad and honored to have you here.
0: Thank you, Nancy. And yes, I love the label misfit. You can call me that all day long.
1: Okay, so you are—you are indeed one of us. I knew in my heart. I just wanted you to oh, admit yeah. it yourself. Okay, so, and I keep throwing out this term "misfit" at you, but—but but to be fair, you are so much more than that. And there, there actually are another few descriptive words that you seem to be fond of pairing along with that "misfit" term. Um, the uh, creative bohemian seems to keep coming up when uh, when I. When I think of you, when I read your stuff, so mm-hmm. yeah. So would that would that be accurate? Would you want to add or subtract anything?
0: No. Well, the only thing I would I, I do love the term creative bohemian because a bohemian, in the terminology and the way I use it, is somebody who is not encumbered by the rules of a of a group or society, but but actually pursue things in a unique and, and wild and, and very creative way and and that's always attracted me is not don't tell me how to do something because it's always been done that way but allow the freedom of discovery and the wildness of co-creating with God and so that's what I mean by creative bohemian and boy that that is super attractive to me in any setting is you know being able to breathe life into something in a fresh new way that's never been done before And the only other label that I love is, and I've started to realize what it means just in the last seven years, is is son or daughter of God for women, but for me, son, and uh, just discovering anew, afresh each day, what does it mean to really be a son of God, which, you know, is also parallel with being a creative bohemian and being a misfit to the world. Because that's not how the world names us or operates or gives us a chance to really be in our true identity.
1: And that's why you fit in beautifully around here. Um, I love your definition of bohemian. Um, And yet, in true creative bohemian style, I have... uh, Lovingly, actually, I can't even say, I usually lovingly handcraft a stupid game for each of my guests, custom made. Um, but in this case, the internet did my work for me. So today's stupid game, which you were so kind to um, to give me heads up that you were up for, I have an internet quiz. It's straight from the interwebs as they call it. So uh, if you're up for it, I have I have a little quiz. The name of the quiz is, what kind of bohemian are you? Are you up for taking? My Absolutely, yes,
0: yeah, let's do it.
1: Okay, all right, so we got to give a little shout-out. BlogThings.com came up with this quiz, so you two out there, Ms. Fitland, can take this. So, all right, so just a couple easy questions. So multiple choice, or you can come up with your own answer because you are a Bohemian. If money was not an issue, what would you like to do for a living? And I've got a couple choices, or you can come up with your own. Here's the choices. Multimedia artist, upcycled fashion designer, nonprofit founder, armchair philosopher, or digital nomad.
0: Wow. I know. Um, I think I would go with none of the above. Is that okay?
1: <laughs> that is okay. No, I just <laughs> but realized I
0: would, but I would Yeah, I would add uh, if if money were no object, what I would love to do is uh, be a beachcomber who creates story all day I long. Love it
1: love it okay so i just realized the flaw in my reasoning but i'm going to go with your answer but for purposes of this quiz i had to pick one so that sounded Uh closest to armchair philosopher to me so i'm going to pick four okay okay okay. as long as there's
0: a beach nearby that's great
1: yeah so you can yes can be a beach chair philosopher okay so uh which of these bohemian cities out of this list would you prefer to live in santa fe austin asheville boulder or portland I noticed Colorado Springs is not on that list, but, you know, you know in your heart. I think I'm going
0: to go with Austin.
1: Austin, Music City. All right, love it, love yeah. it, love it. Okay, what, what, question number three, what are you most likely to reject? Cookie cutter aesthetics, garish trends, authority, common sense, or working for the man? The man in quotes, you know, that man. I
0: think I, think I, think I would, would go, go with, with common, common sense, sense because, mm-hmm. and I know you're not asking for why, but...
1: It's okay. No, we um, like to know why.
0: Yeah, I'm just... I mean, none of those sound appealing. Um, and so I probably wouldn't enjoy any of those on the list. But I think God calls us to an uncommon life. And I think one of the biggest flaws that happens is when we start thinking, we can figure out who we are, and why we're here through common sense. Because common sense really, in my opinion, leads to a common life. And that's the thing I most want to avoid, is living a common life based on the common sense around what to do.
1: Well said, well, said yes, you've sold me. OK, I might choose that too. My, might have had a different answer, but this is your quiz. Um, you okay, here's the next question. You are most likely to go outside the mainstream in your taste in film, music and art, in your fashion and design choices, in your day-to-day life, in your beliefs and values, or in your profession?
0: I think it, I think, I think beliefs, beliefs and values would be number one. Right. Uh, yeah, because I, I I just think you know, on a belief level, like I found when I choose the impossible and and so it's believing what's possible but and not possible has changed. So when you pursue the impossible all of a sudden that is a belief or a mindset, but it's because you know that God is unencumbered by any man made rules, by any laws of nature, um, and so when you start to change your beliefs and, and values, too, um, I think you can live just a radically different way because you're, you're, you're seeing with eyes that aren't locked into the matrix of the world.
1: And see, that's why I like you, because you're a thinker. I love that answer. So, okay, we've got one more, one more. Even if most people can't be bohemian, you wish they could at least be more creative more individualistic, more accepting, more curious, or more intuitive?
0: Oh, uh, gosh. I'd, I'd say more curious. Mm. Um, because curiosity will get you down the rabbit hole. And once you're down the rabbit hole, then you're well on the way to, to becoming a bohemian.
1: Okay. Okay. I actually chose that one as well. But again, this is your quiz. So, all right. So I clicked submit. Are you ready for your results to find out one kind that of 80. bohemian? Okay, this is what Blog Things says, so, you know, take it for what it is. You, Alan Arnold, are an intellectual bohemian. You are the type of person who didn't start out as counterculture, but you have embraced new ways of living over time. You love to play with ideas and theories. You are very open to being wrong, and you love to have your mind changed. So I'll let you, there's more, but I'll let you, you know, if you want to find out more about that, you can... Always go to blogthings.com, but uh, thank you so much for playing our little game. Oh, that was fun. I'd, yeah. I'd, yeah, and
0: I, I'll, I'll take that, that uh, 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 result. Like that, that sounds pretty, pretty good, good to me. me.
1: Okay, so so you're tracking with that. I'm tracking. All right. Well, congratulations. You did an excellent job. <laughs> and um, so as as I tell my guests, uh, I used to give them an empty promise of an Isle of Misfits T-shirt, but I can give you a a non-empty promise of an Isle of Misfits mug mailed to your door at some point in the near future. So, thank well, you. Yeah,
0: I'm yeah, a huge, huge coffee, coffee drinker, coffee. So, that so that will that get a lot of out use. Out. Absolutely.
1: Wonderful. Thanks for playing so. All right, now let's get onto the good stuff. So, now that we have now that we know what kind of boho you really are, it's time to talk about your book. Okay, so you wrote you wrote a story. Oh, I I don't think we've even talked about the title of your book. We should probably start there. The Story of With so you wrote a story about story. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So tell us tell us a little bit about that. Sort of like sort of like an inceptionish kind of a thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I, what I wanted to do is really invite people into the deeper story that God has for them, and the the way to, I think the way to disrupt people because really that's what you're. You know, the whole purpose of, of, I think, a good story is to help you see things in new ways. And so the shortcut to doing that, I believe, is through story. That's how God created the world to work. That's how we learn. That's how we transform. Is not through principles primarily, but through story, the story of our lives. So the story of with is an allegory, but it's basically inviting the protagonist of the story her name's mia into story she falls down the rabbit hole so to speak she falls into a story that is outside of this world and the only way back is to basically fill these four vials that she has these glass vials and she has to do that in a different way in this surreal setting And so, what I hope is people will find it a very fantastical story, and yet, like any good allegory, it's showing a deeper truth. And the deeper truth is to know how to live a better story. You have to understand what's really going on in your story. And so, I had a lot of fun playing with it um, and taking people on this journey. Me as the protagonist. I don't say this in the book, Nancy, but. I named her Mia because the initials to her name, M-I-A, are, they stand for Missing in Action.
1: Missing in Action, very clever. I love that.
0: Yeah, well, and, and she is the every woman, every man, in the sense that in this story, she's revealing how we're all missing in action in our own story until we know how to navigate it intimately and actively with God. And so... Um, that's the journey I take the readers on it it is somewhat I think um, Alice in Wonderland meets the matrix um, it you know it's choices that have to be made in a setting where nothing is given I mean the elevator doors open for me at one point and uh, the ocean rushes in even though she's in a brownstone building and so the laws that we would normally have apply to our lives and the expectations we have, I wanted to pull the rug out from under her, but really under the reader at the same time to say, how can you be disrupted so that you can start to see with new eyes what's really going on in your story and around you? And um, the whole goal, the reason it's called the story of Whit is, with is the key word, how do we learn to stop doing things as believers for God primarily or, or because of God primarily, but a better word is with. How do we start learning foundationally how to do things with God? Because for God is good. With God changes everything. And that's really what I believe he's after with us is not do more for me, but do life with me. Relationally, intimately, actively, step by step, choice by choice, moment by moment. And so the book is a way to kind of peel the scales off of our eyes to see things in a new way so we can start living in a new way.
1: Mm, Okay, so you. You have just said so much there. You've made my job difficult uh, to pull out. What uh, there's so much that we could just talk about in any one thing. So there's a couple words that stuck out to me. All right. So you you said disrupted. You said expectation, and then the word with. And so uh, this is this is the way my nonlinear brain is processing all this. So to back up even more you know there's a tension right between the reality and the fantastical even within your story it's like you know so me is like oh, okay i'm you know I, i'm in this situation how did i get here this is weird and and it's it's hard to accept some of those fantastical things like you said the ocean rushing in the elevator and um and yet it's a di- you know it's so it's a disruption to okay this is not reality we live in a world that you know information overload right everything is everything is about information and processing and efficiency and get things done and you know you look up google and how to do this and you know it's all about about being productive the disruption yeah. is taking us out of that so a different way of thinking a different way uh, of addressing our expectations so all that for this setup, There's some, there was something that you that early in the book, a comparison between two words that sound very similar but are actually very different. the difference between expectation and expectancy.: Yes, yes. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, the words well, word sound so similar, and, and oftentimes I think they're used interchangeably. interchangeably. but But there there couldn't be a bigger gap gap between those two words and how it results in living a life. So So the word word expectation, um, I used used to live live the better better part of my my early life with a lot of expectations. expectations. In other words, I would wake up with a list in my head, sometimes on paper, sometimes on my laptop or phone, but the list would be, here's what I expect to happen today, in order for it to be a good day, and so if these ten or twenty things happen, if I get to the gym in the morning, if I uh, get to stop for a cup of coffee on the way to work and have it made just like I want,
1: mm-hmm.
0: thing goes well. If my wife thinks extra hot,
1: double you know, shot, right, I did a good yeah. job today uh-huh. on
0: on whatever. If my if my children are kind, if my boss. You know, gives me a high five. Like, if if these things happen, then I had a really good day. And if they don't, then I have a really bad day. Well, the problem with that is God isn't involved in any way. There's no sense of wonder or there's no releasing control. It's a very tightly controlled, or at least the illusion of control, way to live your day. Because you're basically saying... God doesn't have to show up. I just need i just need to get to the gym. I just need my cup of coffee. I just need the meeting to go well. And if all these things happen, then it's a good day. And if they don't, it's not. Well, the enemy has a pretty easy time creating havoc in your world if all that it takes is to dismantle your list to disrupt your list. Because we really control so little, Nancy, in any given day There, we think we have control, but the only way to have any amount of control is to keep living a smaller and smaller story. So the enemy loves it when we have expectations because one, we think we're in control, we're not. Two, it forces us to live a smaller story because the more variables are at play, the more obvious it is we don't have control. And three, man, he can, he can just create bad day after bad day by throwing a few monkey riches and things. So yeah. that's expectations. Expectancy on the far other end of the spectrum is waking up and literally before our feet touch the ground to say, God, Father, I am expectant for what you have. For me today, I release control. I release the to-do list. Yes, I need to get some things done, but you have the complete authority to override my day, however you want to. The main thing is we just need to do it together. So it's like a it's like a, a son or daughter waking up, running to their their parents' room, with this wide-eyed wonder of what are we going to do today. And they're not not setting setting the agenda, agenda. and they're not saying saying it has to to be a certain certain way. They're They're trusting their dad that it's going to be a really good day because they're doing doing it together. together. And so that's expectancy. At the end 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 of the day, day, you look look back with a sense of wonder, and and you you enter enter into the day day with a sense of wonder. Because it's not about a list getting checked off. It's about, wow, God has brought me in front of this person. This person is not an interruption to my to-do list. This is actually a God encounter. Or, wow, this, my car broke down. This is super inconvenient. It's not what I would want. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. And, God, I wonder what you're up to in this. What What is going on? What are you about to show me? Because the day becomes a day then of two words, Nancy, of invitation and initiation. It's invitation because we're being invited into things that we didn't expect that we weren't necessarily prepared for. And it's initiation because God is growing us up, and he does that by putting us in situations that are beyond our ability to have all the answers or to know how to navigate it and so that's how you initiate someone you put them in a situation that is a little bit above or beyond them and now say let's do it together I'll show you how I'll show you how to do this if you'll do do it with me and so in, in short that's the difference between a day of expectancy and a day of expectations and once you taste expectancy even if you're a control freak, and even if—and I don't mean you—but I'm saying, even if a oh person no, you can is, mean me. that's okay. is you know tightly clinging on, you quickly learn the beauty of releasing your grip, opening your hand, and saying, "Okay, Father, I will go into the day with you into the unknown, rather than me trying to keep controlling the day because that's exhausting. It doesn't work. It's exhausting." It's disappointing. Um, it's it's stressful. And the other option is it's so free it's so freeing to say, I don't know all the answers. I have no idea how this is gonna work out. And God, I sent your presence and let's do it together.
1: Okay, so uh so yeah, I think uh I think that's pretty much <laughs> you just said everything everything that we need to hear right right there i mean we could be done now but we're not we're not done yet but i mean yeah yeah um that alone to live what if what if we really lived that way that you're talking about i mean just just the implications of how a single day would be different if we really really embraced what you're talking about
0: yes yes well, and the only way to know, you know, like any any good story, the only way to really experience it is to enter into it, to try it. Like, it's, this, this cannot be fully discovered or known by head knowledge of, okay, I get the concept, interesting. That doesn't change anything. Head knowledge alone is never enough. And common sense, as we said earlier in the survey, it, it's not enough. Like, So if somebody's listening and it's like, that's interesting, huh, okay, that that's, that's not taking the jump down the rabbit hole. What, what needs to happen is I'll try it for a week. Let me try this for a week experientially, and then I'll know. I'll know because I've done it, I've tasted it, And so, yeah, Nancy, that's that's my invitation to people is, if this sounds intriguing, that's good, and it's not enough. Jump in, dive into this, try it, start tomorrow, start this afternoon, begin to say, God, I'm expectant for what you're going to do with this day, and I'm going to enter into it with you. And and when things happen that feel like they would normally rattle us, You know, there's many afternoons where now when I'm driving home, if there's an issue, financial issue, uh, family issue, schedule issue, well, it, it would have been stressful for me because I would have been trying to come up with the answers all the way home so that when I met with my wife afterwards, I would have my position, I would have, you know, the solution, and... And it it went okay, you know, but it was me trying to make something happen, and the best answer I could come up with was limited to how smart I could be in my own strength, which is pretty limiting. But now, to be on the drive home and go, "I'm expecting God, I don't know how this will work financially when i'm when I'm having a conversation with my spouse, I'm not coming with the answer. Most of the time now I'm saying, yeah, this is a really confusing issue. Let's listen to see what God says together. Let's listen. Let's watch. Let's see what do you think he's up to here. What do you think this is about? And so it's interpreting it not through what we see or common sense. It's interpreting it through what's God up to here and what's he inviting us into so it's that childlike on the one hand wonder but on the other hand it's a very mature way to live so it is a fusion right of it's childlike belief that my father has things under control he's the one who knows what's going to happen he is doing this or he is working this for my good in whatever situation but on the other hand, there's a maturity that comes with that, that the storms of life will not rock me because I'm, my eye is not on the storm. It's on Him, and I'm expectant for how He will come through. Boy, if we've got a bill in the mail that is uh, unexpected and it's more than we can pay, I wonder how God's going to cover that. I wonder if He's going to give me an extra freelance job. I wonder if... Um, That'll end up being a mistake, and a week later they say you actually don't know that. I wonder if he will provide another check in the mail that comes. Uh, you know, what will it be? Will it? But but it creates this wonder instead of stress, because at the end of the day, God does take care of His children. He is a good father, and so that principle alone. I mean, in in the story of WIT, that's one of the four vials that she starts to experience uh, expectancy but that one alone really does start to change everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know as you're saying all this there there's two other words that sound similar but to me have very different connotations. The difference between presumption and assumption. You know, and and without even getting into the semantics of the words, I guess what I'm what I'm talking about one there's a when something happens, the unexpected happens, and our day, you know, maybe could potentially be thrown off. The bill comes in the mail or the, you know, whatever, the kitchen floods. The, it boils down to, what do I believe about God? Do I believe that he's good or not good? <laughs> because right. if he's, right. if he's right. not good, then I'm on my own if he's not good maybe he's going to show up maybe he's not going to show up i've got to figure this thing out but if he is good then yeah boy i wonder how how you're going to show up god rather than if you're going to show up and and that's kind of the the essence of what i hear you saying is the way we approach life and the and the interpretations and the the I you know, whether we make assumptions or presumptions or, or whatever, it's it all hinges on do I believe God is with me or do I believe I'm on my own?
0: Correct. Correct. And, and it, that, that changes when you go you through a day really like that it's the the, the difference, difference even, even for, people, for people, that people that say, Well, yeah, I believe in God, God, God. Um, um and, and so, so but it's still a terrible day um, um, and so, so, I'm still fearful um, um, and panicked. Well right. But you have to reconcile that with God says, don't fear. And so, as, as believers, we have gotten, I think, as part of culture's effect on us instead of our effect on culture, we have come to rationalize fear. You know, and you'll hear people say, well, of course, you know, if this happened to me, I mean, I would be fearful too, like, who wouldn't be fearful? And, and we kind of uh, water down what we really know god is saying which is well if he's saying don't be fearful that's a heart posture and he doesn't mean well yeah sure be fearful but but there is this concept that maybe sometimes you don't have to be completely fearful he's not saying that he's saying no don't be fearful and so knowing god is different than knowing facts about God. Knowing God is different than knowing Scripture. A lot of people know Scripture far better than they know God. And the problem with that is, yes, Scripture, we need to know Scripture, and we need to be immersed in it. And Scripture was written as a love letter to know God intimately. And yet most people know Scripture far more than they know God. And so the yeah. question is, great, yes, know scripture as you would know a love letter from the from you know the, your spouse. But I hope you know your spouse if if you're married more intimately than you know the letter that they wrote 20 years ago that you know was a gateway into intimacy. And so what we're talking about here, Nancy, is so huge because. That's the key, is knowing God. That's the invitation, knowing God. And we settle for far less. We settle for memorizing Scripture. Or we settle for morality. Or we settle for um, a kind of a a small, controllable world where we just hope the bottom doesn't fall out. And And if we survive another day, well, I guess that's well, I guess as that's good as it good gets, gets, you know, but we're still here right. and God is right. saying, No, 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 no. The goal is intimacy. The goal is the two of us you know, and I'm talking of course people have families and things but in marriages, but I'm saying the first invitation for God is we get to do this together. I know I want to know you fully and I want you to know me fully and now we enter into life, and the story starts there. The story begins with with, because at the end of the day, no matter what else we say, we either are doing life actively and intimately with God, or we believe in God but we're living life without it.
1: Right. Right. And that's where, you know, expectation, expectancy comes in, or, you know, even this presumption, like, okay, you know, I presume this is how you have to do it, God, and that ties into my expectations. But the assumption that God is good means I'm expectant, and he can do it however he wants. And it's like, you talked about this in your book, and um, I think even in your own personal life, the idea of going on a ride, right, going on a ride with dad, doesn't matter where we go, just as long as we're together. And... I want to land here, um, this is actually, there's a prayer that's prayed toward the end of of this story. And just, I'm going to pull this line up because I loved it because I think this is kind of where we've been headed. It says, fame may or may not come, or whatever, you know, our desire, whatever our definition of success. But fame may or may not come, but help us be the same person no matter the outcome, because either way, the reward is you. And though you may have more for us, you are more than enough. And I love that because I think that kind of encapsulates what we've been talking about. It's not about what we think should happen or what may or may not happen. It's the fact of being with God through it all.
0: Well, well yes. yes. And, and, you know, you we, know started we started with started the, the, the term, term, as you were talking, we were talking about, about and and the, the because, because of the, because the, the show, show and, show because, and, because, and of, because of... Your your voice for people write the term misfit. Well, I mean, in a sense, I just want to echo, Nancy, we should be a misfit not fitting with the way the world has said not only God is, but the way we get to be. Like, the world doesn't have the ability or the power to name us or control us or even set the ceiling for who we can be like, and so we should continue to misfit or misalign with the way the world tries to to say no. This is how you should be to fit in. And so that aisle of misfit, you know, toys from uh, the Christmas special so many years ago. Like it's, it, it. I love, like, the the image that brings to mind because really they aren't the broken, um, you know, uh, neglected. They find find out, out, I think, think, um, beings, they're actually actually the ones ones who have the most character and who are living this really cool, cool over time, time, adventure because they realize we weren't made to fit into into the mold mold. that the world world keeps keeps trying to tell us, the enemy keeps trying to tell tell us, us, other people keep keep trying to tell us. And so so living this this bohemian bohemian life, Uh, you know Uh, know, of expectancy expectancy. it doesn't fit 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 what the the world says says. it doesn't doesn't even fit fit what most churches churches say in terms of what they they really say which is is just just, you know know, yep we're broken we're we're sinners sinners, uh the world world has fallen and just kind of get on with it and hope for the best like that is a broken model because we're actually sons and daughters of god far before we were sinners and we actually are invited into intimacy with god we don't have to come cowering to god we don't have to um beg for crumbs we get to live this incredible adventure and it starts with like you said believing we have a good father and stepping into this wild
1: unscripted
0: adventure where god doesn't say downgrade your dreams he says dream bigger just
1: do it with me Exactly, exactly. You get it. I love that you get it. Even yes, even the whole isle of misfit toys, yes, that we were all wired for a purpose, on purpose, for God's purposes and it's it's not about conforming to a man-made image, even if that man-made image is our own man-made image. It's, it's submitting to something higher and something better and something deeper, something that goes beyond even our wild imagination. So, Alan... I have so much more that I want to talk with you about, and I can't believe how quickly the time has gone. So I hope we can continue this conversation again um, sometime soon because there's just so many good things here. Um, but let's let's um, let's talk about how people can get your book because I really think this this book is something that could change uh, a lot of people's lives. Sure.
0: Well, the, sure. Book, well, is the book is purposely, purposely written, written or, created or created to be created something, be something people, people can experience. experience. Uh, In in a couple Uh, of hours, hours, it's 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 a read that I think think is fast. Um, It's Um, a page-turner, I hope, they'll find. And And they can get it on Amazon. Amazon. It's It's mostly mostly allegory allegory with some some teaching or conversation conversation in between the chapters. Um, But what's really cool, Nancy, is if people would prefer to listen, well, on Audible we have the book on audio. And the book on on audio audio was done by two voice talents who are heavily involved in the Star Wars universe. Ah. And so the guy who um, does the voice work, uh, he's an amazing actor, and he is the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the animated Star Wars series that's been on for years and years and years. And uh, And, uh, the female uh, voice voice actress actress, uh, has uh, played played many princesses and characters within the Star Wars universe, universe, and she she voices Mia. And so if people are in for for a little little bit of a different different experience, experience, The book on audio is a really audio cool really way cool to dive, way dive into the story of Whip, and you can find that on Audible or Amazon as well. And the, the and last the thing, thing is if somebody, if somebody just wants to, want to, to get a taste of does, more of what we're, talking, what we're about, talking about, I invite I them to come to my website. website. It's with, with Alan, Alan, and Alan, and Alan is A-L-L-E-N A-L-L-E-N dot com, And with, with Alan dot com. there are videos, there are blog posts. I call them sparks that just permit and creativity. creativity and so they can so they, they can, can find out find more out there as more well there as
1: well excellent well alan i just can't thank you enough for stopping by our aisle sharing your bohemian creative misfit wisdom with us and again you are more than welcome anytime you have a nexus pass to come and go as you please on our little <laughs> island paradise thank here you. all right and thank you so much and god bless you
0: Okay, thank you, Nancy. It's been a joy to be on the
1: podcast. Now let me tell you, it's been a bit of an epic battle getting this episode all readied up for you. So that right there tells me this stuff here, Alan's been talking about, is pretty darn important. Important enough that you might just want to share this podcast with whoever is popping into your mind right now. I'm serious. These could be the words of life they need in this moment of their life. And of course, I really want to encourage you to check out the story of With. You can get it on Alan's website, com or wherever you buy your books. So we're going to take a little bit of a summer break here with the podcast, but be looking for a few more misfit blog posts, which you can find at isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of Misfits.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm always looking for fascinating misfits to be on the show. So who knows? Maybe it could be you. So until we podcast again, have a great summer. Owning your awkward, loving your fellow misfit, and mining for truth and beauty everywhere.